Hey everyone, welcome to the PFF Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kendall Valenzuela. Joined with me, of course, as always, Ben Brown, PFF Senior Data Scientist. And Ben, it's finally here. It is finally here. Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Rams. We have all the player props you need in this podcast for you. So let's get into it. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook is in your state, yet play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PFF, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y. two weeks it was brutal i mean it's, it it's not brutal. quite is it is it all the way here though i feel like I'm, for me for me yes for yes. me yes because okay. we have a ton of like we have everyone go follow pff twitter instagram everything go follow us but like we this is our time where you know the guys are doing their player interviews and we're getting all those interviews and things like that so to us it's here because the content is flowing maybe not for right. you it's here on sunday but for me it's it's been going it's here long. now in the flesh no <laughs> i i agree i'm i'm excited for it obviously we've been building up to this game for what feels like forever i mean obviously after this we're not gonna have football until Ugh. april i guess with the usfl take it what it's it. what it is but yeah it's uh it's good and bad, I would say, for sure. So. It's good and bad. It's good and bad. But it's nice because I was, so I was thinking, before we get into it, I was thinking about the Super Bowl, right? And it's like, we've had the string of five Super Bowls where it was either Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And that's what we got for the last five years. But now we've got Burrow and this fun young Bengals team. And then we have Matthew Stafford and the, you know, the super team that they created. So to me, I don't know about you, but when I look at the game, obviously we have, we're going to go through our props and, you know, our best bets and who we think is going to win or cover whatever. But when I look at who, who could win this game, I'm not mad at either team, whatever team wins this game. I have right. I you I have a reason for both. We probably have a reason for both. You know, I live in Cincinnati. It's fun watching Joe and this team. And then you have the Rams with Aaron Donald and Whitworth and all those guys. So I feel like I'm not going to be mad at the end of the day unless we lose money. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's one of those things where we don't have fatigue with either team, right? I do think yeah. if you would have seen Kansas City get there again or something or, you know, uh, Tom Brady get there again, it would have been this idea of like, oh, I just kind of want to see one of these teams lose actually, right? But uh, we got fresh faces, both got there and, you know, completely opposite ways of team building so i think that's mm-hmm. a really interesting storyline as well but yeah you got you know the, the a lot of young stars in the nfl that are, are some of the best at their position right i do think that you can make a case for a number of players being you know the very best at their position respectively right now in the nfl and i do think that makes for a really exciting and intriguing super bowl matchup i would yeah. say yeah so. do you do you do you think that the rams though on paper when you look at everything are the stronger team in this matchup I definitely think so, yeah. Okay. I think it's like, yeah, not, I mean, and I'll basically like every category, I would say, outside of like, you know, talent at all the wide receiver positions, I do think that mm-hmm. uh, the Rams probably have the edge. Of course, quarterback, I do think you probably maybe lean in Joe Burrow's direction as well. I do think uh, based on PFF pass grade and those sorts of things, but you can definitely make a case for Matthew Stafford. But yeah. outside of that, for Cincinnati, it is uh, pretty heavily one-sided. And I do think that, uh, the matchup specifically with the Los Angeles Rams versus Cincinnati matches up really well from uh, the Rams' perspective. So that's kind of why I lean in that direction. Yeah, so. the reason I ask is because, like, so Joe Namath did an interview with Sports Illustrated, and I read it before we came on here just to see because, of course, you, you think that they're going to ask his prediction, and he doesn't actually give a prediction. He gives, like, an anomaly of what he, he thinks is going to happen. But he did say whoever beats themselves will lose this game. And then he said both teams are obviously good enough to to compete against each other, but it's going to be the one that overcomes their errors that they're going to make. So when I thought of that, I immediately thought of the Rams. I'm thinking right. the Rams are not as young, and that's the only part in that statement from Namath that I'm like, okay – the Bengals are young and they haven't been here before. And you've got leaders on that Rams team like Von Miller, who wants it bad, and Aaron Donald and Whitworth, who, you know, is, is a seasoned vet. So that's the only thing that I think of when I look at these two teams that could maybe sway that a lot more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there, I think there's probably two ways of reading into that quote, at least. I think there are, you know, some turnover things, some heavy, some wide swings with EPA-type plays where, you know, Matthew Stafford has had really poor yeah. situations where he hasn't right. taken care of the football. Cam Akers had two fumbles, uh, you know, in the divisional round as well that kind of that didn't cost them the game, but it definitely made it a lot closer than <laughs> what close. it should have been, right? Uh, so those sorts of things, I mean, the Rams seem like – They've kind of done that where they maybe have come really close to beating themselves in certain spots. And maybe you can't make that same case with the Bengals and specifically Joe Burrow, who has been really good from a turnover worthy play percentage, who has been really good from, uh, you know, taking care of the football, but also Mm -hmm. just like his ability to, you know, understand the situation and the gravity of what he's about to do and actually be comfortable taking a negative type play, either a sack or something else and not having that be a catastrophic type of outcome that we see with other types of quarterbacks. So I think maybe that's, you know, the other direction to lean, but I definitely agree with you. I think there's a veteran presence specifically in the Super Bowl that uh, should not be understated from the Rams perspective. So there we go. You got it. You got to bring that up. I mean, when Joe Namath says anything, I'm just going to like, okay. I'm like, I mean, okay. he, he guaranteed victory and then he went out and did it. So you got to respect go. the guy. You got to sure, respect right? it. All right. So. Well, let's get in. Let's Let's get into the spread. We'll get in. We'll get into everything first. Obviously, we have a ton of props for this uh, podcast, but the spread, right? Cincinnati hasn't been able like to coast to any of their playoff wins. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, like each of their playoff, each of their games was decided by by one score or less. Um, I think the biggest margin of victory was the Raiders because they yeah. won by eight. 
Um, and the Rams are different, but the Rams are four and a half point favorites here. So I'm wondering if you're leaning one way or the other, which way it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I think it just seems like the Rams have really good matchups in all the key spots in order to, in order to like really uh, impact the Cincinnati Bengals, especially offensively. Uh, and that Bengals offense hasn't probably been as great as what everyone said here in the in the, in the playoffs, right? They are, okay. were obviously really good toward the end of the season in that Week 17 match against Kansas City, but they haven't played uh, anywhere close to like the lights-out type of performance that they've had in the playoffs so far, and I think that they're going to probably need that against the Rams defense that I think is you know the best unit in the NFL and is, is capable of taking advantage of them at their weak spots and also probably uh, holding on to you know some of their strengths and actually being able to defend those in one-on-one coverage, right? With the Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey and Jamar Chase match but I do think that's a spot where that's definitely if that tilts in the Rams favor it's going to be really difficult to see the Cincinnati Bengals cover so if I was betting anything right now I know I'm going against Greenline a little bit but I would take minus three and a half for the Rams on Caesars. I do think that's the best price right now that's probably where I'm getting involved on the spread but there's so many other betting opportunities so you don't necessarily have to lock it in with that right you so, don't have to I you, you know I have, have to ask I have to see if you're going to be right. a company man during this podcast that's not, not this particular for not this particular this one. one it's true but. I mean since but Cincinnati to me when you look at it has proven that they're young and inexperienced but they have like with te- in the playoffs and things like that but like they have overcome all of that. I mean, you saw that the like the Kansas City Chiefs had a better roster technically than them on paper, and that's how you look at it. So I feel like they have life to that four and a half. Right, right. I mean, that's and that's that has to be the argument, and that's gonna, mm-hmm. you know kind of uh, the narrative that we've definitely seen. And I know we talked about this previously. I don't want to like beat a dead horse or anything like that, but it's like. Uh, I would say the Chiefs maybe beat themselves more so than the Bengals went out and actually won mm. that particular game. And I do think that, not necessarily the same case in the Tennessee Titans game, but I would have liked to see at least one of these games where the Bengals just kind of put forth, you know, put their foot to the gas pedal and actually really performed well offensively like they did in Week 17. And we just haven't seen it in a while, so I'm 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 less inclined to really buy into that narrative, I guess. But yeah. we'll see. We we got opposite sides on this. We might have to wager a little it's friendly a, bet know, or something on to. this. Well, it's, one, and it's interesting so. that you look at it that way because I look at it like they've overcome obstacles and not you know right. every game's been close because they've been you know scratching their way towards it. And to you, you're like every game's been close, and that's a reason why you should jump with the Rams because it right. shouldn't they shouldn't have been maybe some of them. Not all of them, obviously, when you play the Chiefs and things like that, but some of them should have been um, like a little bit more of a runaway game for them. Right. I like that. Opposite. We're we're thinking opposite today. It's good. That's okay. That's It'll be good. fun. It'll be fun. All right. Before we get into props, I still just want to go over forty-eight and a half uh, total points listed. Are you bet? I know you don't usually. I know you don't lean sometimes doing these doing total points and everything like that. 48 and a half though, we know the Rams offense is elite and they average 28 points per game. Cincinnati just in the playoffs um, is doing 24 points per game. So this is kind of a really sticky 48 and a half, no matter what. Yeah, I so I have a quite I have a quite a bit on under 49 and a half, like you like okay. you mentioned basically. It did open at 50, uh 49 and a half. I do I don't mind 48 and a half as well. And I do think, you know, once again, it comes down to how many points are the Cincinnati Bengals gonna score. And they haven't did, been overly efficient in the playoffs so far. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald is gonna be a problem. Like they're gonna have to figure out whether they want to uh run on first downs like they have way more than they probably should. Or are they going to actually let Joe Burrow cook? And I do think that if they let Joe Burrow kind of operate uh, heavy passing 
percentage here, then that's really the only way that the Bengals are going to keep pace and win. And that's the only way that I think the game goes over. But okay. I'm not inclined to really buy into Zach Taylor actually allowing that to happen. So I think under 48 and a half uh, is a pretty good spot. I do think we're going to see one of these higher sack type games from Joe Burrow and a lot of stalled out drives. So I like under 48 and a half. I also like over 6.5 punts because I do think it could oh. be just a little bit more of a defensive struggle here for sure. So. That's Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, just because of how good that Rams defense, it, like the defense in front is alone, I think right. that's a reason to look into it. You're right, Aaron Donald. I'm so – that's one of my favorite things that we're going to be watching is Aaron Donald. I don't know if you've seen any of his press conferences recently, but he is, like, locked in. Is he's he he's over it. He's like, Super Bowl been, MVP, basically. He is over it. He's like, I've done. I've been doing this for eight years, and he's had so many accomplishments. And in his presser, he was just like, I, I need a ring. Like, I need right. to be a world champion. I'm, I'm done. Like, he knows, like, especially with Von Miller there probably now just in his ear, like – you want this, you need this. Like I'm, that's one of the most exciting things I'm I'm watching for on Sunday. Right. Are you betting him MVP? I mean, plus twenty five hundred on Caesars is his best price. Thirty five hundred, yeah, absolutely. Plus twenty five hundred. Oh, twenty five hundred. So, yeah. I know he's like plus sixteen hundred at DraftKings and those sorts of spots, but okay. uh, yeah, plus twenty five hundred. Yeah. That means seems to be worth it. I know he's pretty popular now. His numbers mm-hmm. been moving a little bit, but yeah, I don't I don't mind a sprinkle. You know, no. I, I think the narrative that I see kind of setting up is. Rams maybe jumping out to a somewhat early lead. I do think it's going to be pretty choppy here. Be definitely on pace to go under. And I do think that's going to be because of Aaron Donald. So if the Rams win and it's, you know, a game that goes under, maybe Matthew Stafford doesn't necessarily have a a ton of, you know, offensive production. Cooper Cup maybe just is, you know, Cooper Cup-ish and not necessarily like explosive Cooper Cup-ish. Then that's, you know, that's a path for Aaron Donald to potentially win Super Bowl MVP with, you mm-hmm. know, two sacks or something like that. Plus 2,500. So, Everyone yeah. run, run to do that. I'm going to do that right. right after this. All right. Well, All let's right. get into it. Everything we've been talking about, we're building up to this. That's props. I'm so excited to hear yours. I know your first one, Samaje. Pretty you like You like his over five and a half. Did you see how I let you? say his last name for me because I was looking at I'm like I know it's P Ryan but I want to make sure over five and a half rushing yards at a plus price plus 106 that's good I like that one it's good I mean he didn't have a carry last week but he has been pretty involved offensively he's playing at least 20 percent of the offensive snaps uh involved in you know heavy passing type situations but you know those could be decent you know obviously Mm -hmm. from an analytics perspective we don't want to see second and long runs we don't want to see third and long runs but we have seen the Bengals do that a little bit with with Samaj P. Ryan uh, especially with Aaron Donald kicking out to the outside in those obvious passing situations that could be a spot to run up the middle if it is a little bit of a lighter box five and a half rushing yards that's not too much. So I think on two carries, one of those he gets one of those draw type plays is easily gonna go over this number. And I think that the Bengals might struggle, especially early on offensively. So I think that could be a factor in him actually getting uh, a rushing attempt when maybe he shouldn't be. And I do think that's gonna easily lead him going over. So I like it. I like it a lot. So Yeah. And and you said in your article too, like you're looking at it as like Joe Mixon has a say in this prop as well, because you don't think he's going to be not necessarily bad, but not I think you said overly effective as right. much and, especially and, on yeah. yeah especially on first down like we mentioned earlier okay. I mean that's when Aaron that's when Aaron Donald's basically like inside playing you know an interior defensive lineman position on those types of snaps mm-hmm. so I think if we see 
Uh, the Bengals maybe try and counter that by again passing on that first down type setup. They're going to get into you know third and manageable. That's when we're going to see Smudge here and maybe get one of the two of those carries as well. So if we see a little bit of downtick on first down rush jumps from the Bengals, I think we're going to see an uptick on okay. second and third down. That's the P Ryan down that we're looking for. So I think he's going to get he's going to get a he's going to get at least one chance. And I think if, I think if he gets two. Uh, this one's easily gone. And then we'll message so, each other like we do with my T. Higgins any times. And I'm just it. like, <laughs> that, that, was, was that was the moment. That was a shot, and then right? it's done because we know it's over. It's like that right. one shot in the end zone. And I'm like, that was it. That was fun while Maybe. it lasted. It, it didn't work, but that's good. You rarely get to double down on those opportunities. So when it doesn't hit the one time you called for it, it's just pain. Yeah, pain. no, it's awful. So, and then I message you. But right. okay, I have two. You can either parlay this together, but I know we're doing a full big parlay podcast on Saturday. So I'm just kind of putting these two out there, but I like OBJ over five and a half receptions. I like him over five and a half receptions. And if you want to get him to score anytime, he's still at um, like plus 115 plus 120. So I just think that like his involvement in the Rams offense has increased, at least in the playoffs, right? You're smiling like you're just going to absolutely destroy this prop. But I'm just going to tell you, six passes for 69 yards over the box, nine catches for 113 against the 49ers. Tell me I'm wrong, but I just feel like OBJ, at least over five and a half receptions for me, is probably the route that I want to go instead of doing his his receiving yards make me a little nervous. Yeah, I, I don't I feel I don't know I've been off the OBJ well, ba- Beckham for yeah I mean this particular in this particular spot I don't know I just I think it's overhyped I think you know the narrative obviously he has been productive in the Rams offense helped mm-hmm. him quite a bit but uh, I just there's just. The target volume that's going in Cooper Cup's direction and has gone in his direction the whole year makes me somewhat nervous. If, if like, you know, like I said, if, if the Rams end up covering, there's just not going to be enough passing volume to go around. So I think it's Beckham who potentially goes under, but we can disagree. I'll take Cup. You take Odell Beckham. Loser. Well, uh, I don't want to. I'm not to. fading Cup here. <laughs> hang on. I will never fade Cup here never either. Fade Cup. I'm just saying it's like, it's. It's theater. It's like drama. Like, you know that they're going to be, like, to me at least, in the Super Bowl, it's just like with Tom, not the same, but it's like when you bet Gronk anytime touchdown in the Super Bowl, right, it's because right. they have that connect. Tom and him have that connection, and it's like a fun thing for them. I feel like OBJ, at least with the anytime touchdown score, is like that is going to be the bow wrapped up into what was a crazy season. And to me, that's Sean McVay telling him, like, hey, like, we screwed you guys. Like, you guys totally messed this up with him. He's still good, and we're just going right. to show you, and he's going to catch that touchdown pass on Super Bowl I, Sunday. I agree that I like his anytime touchdown out of okay. all of his other player props. I just think this is, like, this is such a game where the Rams are leading by, like, two touchdowns, and OBJ has, like, three for 35 and a touchdown through the third quarter and just, like, doesn't see another target. It's kind of, like, my projection of the okay. situation. So, well, I can so see think, the anytime touchdown. You think blowout? I mean, not necessarily fans. blow up, but yeah, I mean, I think, like, we've seen the Bengals be down pretty big at halftime. I yeah. do think that is possible okay. again, and maybe, maybe they don't get there. Um, you know, maybe they don't actually put forth the offensive performance in the second half that kind of brings them back into the game in this particular one. But yeah, I think, I think the Ram, I think the Rams are going to be up early, and I'm a little nervous about Cooper Cup going over 8.5 receptions because of that. But I'm even more nervous of Beckham going over 5.5 for All that right. for that same game narratives. 
from now until February 14th, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code SUPER25. What can you get with a PFF subscription? Well, you can get all of PFF's locked article content, NFL betting dashboards for the playoffs. NFL Greenline is up 27 units this season. You can get the NFL Draft Guide and more. Support the pod and use promo code SUPER25 for 25% off any subscription. I still like it. But like I said, I will never, like, something that you just don't do this season is fade cup. And right. that's the next one is five, eight and a half. You're right. If you're picking between the two, I I am of the narrative, though, that it won't be, at least the Bengals will keep it relatively close. Like, it won't be a super breakout. At least I'm hoping that. So that's why I brought up the OBJ one. But eight and a half receptions, like we always say in this podcast, when you've got a good thing going, we're not going to turn it away. And his receptions prop is has almost been a lock each time we've brought it up. So yeah, I, again, on Super Bowl Sunday, you're not, he is that offense and he is not, like they're not going to change that game script anytime. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've wrote it for, I think, the, like the last seven weeks. They did yeah. a little bit of a lull there uh, in the midpoint of that betting streak, but it's been hot basically on the bookends. And I think that's going to stick here again in the Super Bowl. So yeah, over 8.5. He can't be touched in the match perspective. He's going to have some manufactured targets underneath. Uh, I I think it's going to be a a, a Cooper Cup show here for the Super Bowl, at least in the first half. So I like this one a lot. Are you, what is MVP? Have you looked into his MVP? I don't know. I have. It's actually pretty, I think he's basically like the lowest non-quarterback. So I think the best price on his, him plus 700 on Caesars once again. He's plus 600 on DraftKings uh, and BetMGM plus 550 on FanDuel. Okay. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, yeah, I, the MVP is fine, but there's like so many ways that you can do probably like same game parlays with a much better payout on mm. a lot of these guys. Okay. Uh, and, and and that's the way that like the game's absolutely going to have to go for, in order for them to probably win MVP. So I'm probably leaning more in that direction than actually betting into the MVP market, but okay. uh, to each their own, I guess. To each sure. their own. All right. Cooper Cup, over eight and a half receptions. We like this one. So... We have to talk about, I threw this one in here before we came on, and that's Tyler Boyd. And we've been hitting, I feel like we've hit his under a lot in the last few weeks, right? This one's at 39 and a half receiving yards. But the one thing I did want to say is that when Mina Kimes, and this is on her Twitter, this is whatever, scroll through her Twitter, like, we know the Rams' defense is good. And, And she said this, their production drops significantly versus short passes between the numbers. So I'm wondering to you if that, you know, we like Tyler Boyd under 39 and a half receiving yards, but like the Rams, they allow the second highest QBR in football when, when it's inside between the numbers on throws less than 15 yards. So, but to me, I still like Tyler Boyd's under 39 and a half there because I just don't think he's going to be that guy for them. But she did, that is someone she brought up of like, they could be a, Tyler Boyd show up, but whether that means going over 39 and a half receiving yards, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like like she said, like the Rams have been really susceptible to passes over the middle, right? Intermediate and short throws mm-hmm. obviously has been like their one down spot. I think like Timo Risque also wrote an article on it, our colleague, uh, PFF data scientist, about uh, using his heat maps, how they've been way, mm-hmm. way below league average, at least in that particular area. And that's, you know, kind of where Tyler Boyd operates, right? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you think... Jamar Chase uh, is going to be locked down by Jalen Ramsey, see that type of shadow coverage, then it really is going to be, you know, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Because C.J. Uzama, you know, coming back from a sprained MCL, Drew Sample isn't really a guy that's overly productive whatsoever in the passing game. So uh, Tyler Boyd could see, you know, 
a decent increase in target share. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really inclined to play this particular one. Okay. I do think Mia Mina brings up you know a number of good points. Uh, I'd probably rather lean towards playing like T Higgins to go over 5.5 receptions than mm-hmm. I would uh, to get involved with like Tyler Boyd going under anything. Is 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 my angle on it? Because I do yeah. think that Jamar Chase is going to struggle facing off against Jalen Ramsey on a majority of his routes. So yeah. Well, and if he does that, then it's then it becomes T Higgins, right? I mean, right, that's you right. know if if that's he is it. locked yeah. if he is locked up by Ramsey, which you you never know. I mean that's going to be also like besides watching Aaron Donald that's going to be a huge part of it like he becomes the key to that passing attack with Joe Burrow because they're going to have to they're going to have to counter some way yeah he's going to be the guy right I mean that's that's basically it that's like you know and it's T Higgins or Tyler Boyd are basically their only counters right given the injury situation so yeah yeah, it's uh it's it's going to need to be T Higgins I do think that in order for the Bengals to cover and potentially win Higgins is going to need to go over 5.5 receptions he's going to have to have a monster game and I do think he's definitely capable of it he's done it in the past so it's definitely uh, a possible you know outcome in if you're simulating this type of matchup but uh we'll see what actually happens here I do I do think the Rams defense is being I know it sounds crazy to say like underrated but uh they are a lot really really dominant defense in a lot of areas and I do think that the Bengals could potentially struggle moving the football so so you think, because I did notice we didn't have any Jamar Chase on here. So we it's, didn't. it's just too, but to you, it's too risky with that matchup with Ramsey to even try and figure out what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and, and Chase stays pretty locked into like mm-hmm. one specific receiving position. So it's going to be, you know, Ramsey's going to be sitting out there on an island with him in a lot of spots. And I do think that, you know, 90% of the time Ramsey could potentially win that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he gets one shot deep like we saw uh, with Mike Evans, but... Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm inclined to lean in Ramsey's direction. I do think he's going to have a pretty pretty decent game for yeah, sure. So. I like it. Well, you know, I couldn't. we couldn't do this podcast without, everyone knows, right. bringing up a quarterback rushing problem. And right. I'm just, I'm kind of, no offense to Joe. We love Joe Burrow. I'm just, I can't do it anymore. I, he has, he has not hit that quarterback rushing prop for me. And I was, I was, I was hammering it every week in the playoffs, everything. I think it hit last game. And that was I was going to say, yeah. Did it he go last over game. last game, basically? Yeah, so it. he. He I went just, over, he hasn't gone over, he went over once in the playoffs, but the three games before that, he went over. So he well, went over in that Chiefs game in week 17, which we did have. We did have. I just, and we did, I, I, I think we liked them both in the playoffs as well. I'm going to call it basically two and two right now uh, on our selections with him. He's nine and 10 overall. I'm going over his rushing props. I'm going so far with Stafford. I don't. So. I'm going with Stafford. I don't Fine. know why. I mean, it is an inflated number. We actually don't show value on it. So what? On I'm Stafford? Not, I, on, on Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. So, okay. so Stafford is the correct spot if you're looking for a quarterback five, rushing. Five and a half. Sure. Five and a half rushing yards. Cincinnati has allowed at least 10 rushing yards uh, to the quarterbacks at, like t- per game. I think it's like 15, but that's full season, so I don't really. But Matthew Stafford, five and a half. That's what I'm yeah. doing. You can't Staff- tell me otherwise. Stafford's gone over every game in the playoffs so far. Wow. I know there's a narrative that people think that quarterbacks rush more in the playoffs because it – means more and those sorts of things so maybe that's just indicative of it but yeah five and a half slam dunk lock it in i'm on board for sure okay, perfect. So. i did see i did see burrow to have more than two and this one's interesting burrow to have more than two and a half rushing attempts and that's plus 100 at caesars 
think I read that in an NFL article. So, so that one to me is like. I might have to only, check. I, I might have to look into that one more. I kind of want to read the fine print of what they're classifying as a rushing yeah, attempt. Yeah, I've or never. Not, I haven't sure. seen that um, one, but I know. I think it was. It was definitely an NFL.com.com article where I saw it, and I was like, "That's interesting." Like, if you can do that, two and a half. But what they consider a rushing attempt and what they right. don't is probably. I think the yeah. I think the Westgate uh, released something uh, last Thursday on you know something like this. I know they had like mm-hmm. his first. His first rush attempt over under two point five yards, but yeah, like you, like from PFS perspective, we have rush attempts and then we have scrambles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, both of those things, you know, turn into rushing yards. But what they're actually classifying as a rushing attempt uh, yeah. is something that I'd probably want to look into before really locking it in. I there guess. There we go. So. All right. Should we get into like? Do you have any more props that aren't crazy props? Like we're gonna get into like missed field goals or like Gatorade, Gatorade, Gatorade ones. Do you have I any mean, other ones that you're hitting? I did um, mention Sunday? I did mention over six point five total punts. I do yeah. think that's a better approach than taking the under forty eight point five total. Uh, so I like that one quite a bit. I know Eric Eager has been pushing this one, but first kickoff touchback, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a pretty popular narrative. 18 to 20 uh, of the last Super Bowls basically have not been a touchback. Pat McAfee came out with some reasoning last year on this. I just think it's uh, probably overvalued, over overcorrected in the betting market right now. So at minus 118, mm-hmm. I'm I'm resting on uh, the season priors for both kickers, and I think it's going to go uh, be a touchback for sure. So I like that one. Yeah. I think the only, I guess the only other one, and I had brought this up to you earlier today, was the Kendall Blanton is just something to monitor anytime touchdown because you can't right. get it right now at like, like, like plus two sixty, plus two eighty. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but but that really is dependent on um, Higby, right? And he hasn't, you know, as we're recording this today. He has not practiced all week, so you don't really know what you're getting into. It could be, you know, it's the Super Bowl and he comes out on Sunday. I just think that is one to monitor as as something out there, um, especially with uh, the odds on it and everything like that. Like it, it presents good value. You just, it's just something to monitor, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mhm. Yes. All right. Any other ones? I know you have a missed field goal to occur and you said no. No missed field goal <laughs> to occur is, is the option at minus 124. I do like that one quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, these both kickers have been absolutely terrific. So, I don't think I don't think it's going to come down to a missed field goal or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, I like no at minus 124. I think it's going to be pretty safe bet, And then so. first touchdown is pass minus has to be base rates, coaching base rates, all the other things. Uh, these both both teams pass quite a bit uh, in the red zone as well. So as long as you know uh, running back doesn't necessarily break a long runoff early in the game, I think first touchdown is a pass minus one ninety, pretty safe bet as well. That is, that is, I do like that one. And then what is it? What else has Eric been pushing this week? He's been pushing another weird one like the Rams to. Called first, first time, time out. out. <laughs> yeah, he loves the Sean McVay first time out angle, which I mean, I I've been looking for that. I don't know if I've actually found that prop on any books 
Uh, I think it was on from my perspective, but I'll have to look. I thought it was on. I thought I saw it on Caesar. It's so hard to track all these bets. I've been like, it's just paging through everything. I mean, I love it obviously, but that's all I've been doing for the last two weeks. I was gonna say it's their Super Bowl and it's your Super Bowl. Like this is this is the day. Right. I won't even ask how much we're, we're gonna have. You're gonna have. It. I did get asked on the radio and all these like they, they questions about it. Yeah, Why? how many oh bets you make and how much, and then how much have you made in one one wow. day betting? How much have you lost in one day betting? Did you answer? Like, man, this is of course. I I mean, I'm on the radio. I have to answer. So. Wow, I won't I won't put you on blast like that here. But put me eventually, on blast. eventually, yeah. maybe like during our off season, where we'll just tease people with like Ben's gonna tell us his whole. Like the degenerate of the career. degenerate story, right? So there's <laughs> been some. It's been it's been the best of times. It's been the worst of times. That's for sure. How about so. this? How have you done this season? How has this season treated? You? It's been okay. It definitely, honestly, wasn't as good as last year. Honestly, mm-hmm. this year was kind of a grind uh, in a lot of ways. I did really well in game betting. Uh, player props were like okay, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, in a lot of ways. But I did get into the same game parlays a lot. This is the first year I've ever bet same game parlays, and I did have uh, uh, quite a bit of success. On same game parlays, money line bets, uh, and in game betting. So that was definitely what carried me. Player props was unfortunately uh, kind of rough from my perspective. So you improve on every off season. Uh, and I do think last off season, unfortunately, I didn't have like a ton of opportunities to really improve some of the things that I wanted to. So uh, definitely gonna have a lot more time this year to improve on a lot of that I stuff. I definitely, so. that's what I wanna do when we, when we get back and we're back in it for next season in in game betting is just something that seems like you could make right. a decent amount of money if, if you do it correctly and if you know what you're doing right yeah and I, i'm planning on doing like an off-season research type article mm-hmm. on in-game betting uh, just some things to look for some things that you can take into account based on the pre-game spread like how much it moves in game if there's ever spots to actually bet uh, on either side of it once it actually does that. So I'm going to look at some of those things in the offseason and release an article on pff.com slash betting for uh, all the listeners and everybody else. So make sure you that's subscribe to pff.com. Yeah, that's our that's our hint for the day. Well, this was awesome. We will be back. We're going to have another one of these um, before the Super Bowl. We are going to have odds boosts, um, kind of go into some parlays that we like too. So make sure to look out for that one. That'll probably drop on Saturday, um, just a little bit closer to the game. So make sure to look out for that. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, get those props bet, prop bets in early. Uh, that's the best time to do it. Um, ben Brown, as always. Ken Valenzuela, thank you so much.